This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a quiet, two-sided, choppy week. Agrisampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith says the wheat market reacted violently to lower Russian wheat prices by Friday. Russia overnight announced that they were going to cut some of the export expenses involved in their wheat. So basically... That drove the price of Russian wheat down, and that is what is upsetting the wheat market noticeably today. And unfortunately, that's kind of sand, sandbagging the corn market uh, and putting a little bit of pressure on. But the good news about corn, this is the first week we've seen with positive gains, really a good week since November. So the picture is changing a little bit. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson thinks the funds are also taking some profits in a quiet news day. I think we did see some fund liquidation, you know, this week as some farmers were letting some of those March basis fixed contracts go and there was some farmer selling taking place. So we did see the funds lighten up on some of their short positions, but they're still, you know, expected to be holding still record uh, level shorts right now so it's going to take a little bit more of a weather issue or something to try to get them or to get them start to unwind and the progressive ag marketing market analyst brian strumman said the livestock market put in a very good day especially in the feeder cattle you know we were we were down two days uh, you know kind of a two-day correction we were sharply lower I haven't seen a two-day correction for quite some time, but uh, bouncing back to, to end the week here with some solid gains. Uh, the live cattle are firm. Uh, we've got solid demand and some pressure in the corn today, and the feeders, again, are sharply higher. Uh, solid gains as far as the live cattle, live cattle go as well. Looks like that uh, cash market's basically steady, uh, four-month highs in the boxes, and, and then, again, those fires in the panhandle. I think they've lost quite a few cattle, uh, but really hasn't filtered into the market here as of yet. Lean hogs were lower this morning, but we've came back to trade uh, sharply higher, again, new, to new contract highs. Uh, we've seen some strength in the cash and cutouts, and, and seasonally supplies tighten. Uh, the export sales were also good, and they're running ahead of last year's pace. So some positive news as far as the lean hogs going again, trading to new contract highs. Napoleon Livestock co-owner Jim Bitts says weather this winter has kept cattle moving through the sale barns and good uh, good position on the market. Getting really large numbers. I think the the weather and the market helps. Probably our biggest January and February we've had in a long time. And the cattle market said a all-time high, uh, whether it's grass cattle or feeder cattle. The weather's been good, good for feeding cattle. Uh, yeah, there's not much, uh, not much a guy can complain about this winter, I guess. Grain markets continue to trade two-sided this week. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo said end of the month unwinding is one of the features. But we still, I think, overall because year-to-date commitments on corn are up 30% and beans are down 20%, I think you have overall a situation where the trade realizes, the funds realize they probably bought too much into beans and sold too aggressively into the corn. And I think that's probably the name of the game here as we uh, get ready to close out the month of February. The unofficial spring crop insurance prices set during February are around 15 to 30% lower than a year ago, depending on the crop. 
The average corn price during the month of February averaging $4.66 per bushel compared to last year's $5.91 per bushel. That's a drop of 27%. The February average soybean price, $11.55 a bushel compared to $13.76 a bushel. That's 16% lower. And the projected spring wheat price, 30% lower than last year at $6.85 a bushel. Best look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Selling farmland can be a once-in-a-lifetime decision. This is Chris Griffin with Red River Land Company in Grand Forks. With decades of experience in farm real estate, our company and its founder, John Botsford, understand the agricultural landscape and are here to help guide you through the process from start to finish. We encourage you to visit RedRiverLandCo.com to check out our listings and recent sales. If you have land to sell or manage or just want to discuss the land market, let's talk. Red River Land Company, your trusted name in farm real estate. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Congress has approved a temporary stopgap spending bill Thursday that will avoid a government shutdown. The House passed the bill Thursday afternoon on a 320 to 99 vote. The Senate passed the measure on a 77 to 13 vote. The measure extends funding until March 8th for part of the government, including USDA, and the rest until March 22nd. U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack spoke at Commodity Classic and highlighted the importance of biofuels and the sustainable aviation fuel markets. If you look at the volume levels of, of biofuels that are now incorporated in our fuel supply, you will see that they are at record levels. If you look at the earnings uh, and the, the profits of our biofuel manufacturing facilities, many of them, you'll see that they are doing better than they, they did. Uh, you'll see that there are not uh, a significant number of waivers being granted, which makes uh, the, bio, the renewable fuel standard a bit unstable. Right? Right. A commitment to uh, year-long E15 in 2025 is a continuation of that. Vilsack points to tax credits to help create opportunities for the new sustainable fuels markets using locally produced commodities. A bill moving through the Minnesota House would dramatically increase the penalties for violation of the state buffer law. Failing to plant vegetation on land bordering water would rocket from $500 to $10,000. The Minnesota House Environment and Natural Resources Committee approved this bill on a party line vote, and it will now move to the Judiciary, Finance, and Civil Law Committee. South St. Paul Representative Rick Hansen is the bill's sponsor. The attorneys general for 24 states have asked the federal court in North Dakota to vacate the Biden administration's updated Waters of the United States rule. In a separate filing, the states and industry groups claim the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers are not following the Supreme Court's ruling in last year's Sackett versus EPA case. The high court determined the significant nexus standard previously used to make wetland determinations was unconstitutional. The motion claims the EPA's amended rule does not adequately address jurisdictional issues and should be considered illegal. 
The groups seeking a summary judgment include NDFB, Cass County Farm Bureau, Associated General Contractors of North Dakota, North Dakota Association of Builders, and the North Dakota Petroleum Council. Nine other industry groups from across the country are also part of the legal filing. U.S. Meat Export Federation President and CEO Dan Hallstrom says shipping issues continue to be a focus for many in the ag industry. The uncertainty around it, obviously right now, a lot of the trade is restricted through the Suez Canal, resulting in higher freight rates, uh, you know, uh, diversion of vessels, you know, that we're using the Red Sea now. A lot of them have to go around the Cape of Africa, which not only adds cost, but probably a bigger concern is adding time on to the, uh, the route. And uh, I think the theme was anywhere from 10 to 14 days increased transit time. So, so you're adding cost and you're, you're, you're adding, you know, logistical time frame into it. But, but you know, that, that's the immediate concern. March 15th is a big day for making sure program elections are taken care of and to get crop insurance coverage in place for the 2024 growing season. Farm management analyst Kent Tesey says producers still need to work with FSA despite an extended farm bill. While prices are lower this year, it's still important for producers to protect against risk. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. Don't miss Full Circle Ag's 5th Annual Acres to Insight Ag Tech Summit, Wednesday, March 6th at the Britain Area Event Center. New this year is a breakout session, as well as some new vendors from previous years. You'll have the opportunity to gain multiple ATI points for attending. And don't miss your shot to boost your chances of scoring big with an outdoor party package or a brand new pontoon. That's Full Circle Ag's 5th Annual Acres to Insight Ag Tech Summit, Wednesday, March 6th at the Britain Area Event Center. Early mornings, late nights, rain, snow, sunshine. It's the rhythm of the day for the American farmer and rancher. We get it. The Red River Farm Network is here to help you make informed decisions for your farm. We're proud to deliver farm news, markets, and weather to the innovators and decision makers. Join farm broadcasters Don Wick, Randy Conan, Whitney Pittman, and Tyler Donaldson for the news that impacts your bottom line. The Red River Farm Network is reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. Mixed bag of temperatures uh, to near to above normal precipitation in the forecast beginning next week. Here's USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey. And this covers the time period from March 5th through the 11th. We are expecting above normal temperatures roughly across the eastern half of the United States, but we will see some cooler weather becoming entrenched across the west. With that overall pattern, which is basically a dip in the jet stream in the west and a rise in the jet stream across the eastern U.S., that portends a rather stormy period across much of the country. So we are expecting near or above normal precipitation nearly nationwide. Greatest likelihood of those wet conditions will be across the eastern United States. One area that may miss out on some of the precipitation will be northern sections of the high plains where we do expect a small area of below normal precipitation. Temperature swings and more snow over the next couple of weeks across the northern plains could cause more livestock stress. World Weather Incorporated says precipitation begins as possible again over the weekend with a major snowstorm moving across Canada. Temperatures should warm, though, from the uh, teens to the 30s and 40s, uh, and then uh, more teens again by Monday. 
In South Dakota, the Sioux Falls Field Office of the National Ag Statistics Service has topsoil moisture rated 93% short to adequate, subsoil moisture 94% short to adequate, 58% of South Dakota's winter wheat is rated good to excellent, 7% rated poor to very poor. Topsoil and subsoil moistures in North Dakota are both rated 84% short to adequate. That according to the North Dakota Field Office of the National Ag Statistics Service. Crop progress and condition reports at winter wheat condition rated 93% fair to good. Cattle and calf condition rated 80% good to excellent with calving progress 12% complete. Midwest will be dry over the next uh, couple of weeks with a few rounds of rains that will not be great enough to delay any early uh, field work in the southern areas. World Weather Incorporated says uh, some lingering dry pockets in the west will receive rain Sunday and Monday with uh, more likely March 9th and 10th. Temperatures across the Midwest expected to be much warmer than normal through much of next week. The lack of winter snowpack so far shouldn't be a huge issue for alfalfa stands across the northern plains. I think that this kind of winter we're having right now is going to be, you know, record setting in terms of temperatures, you know, above normal long term. And for much of the state, less snowfall than normal. Snowfall is really desirable for alfalfa in that you get insulation of the soil. And if you do not have the snowfall, then the alfalfa, the crowns and the temperatures of the soil around those crowns are more exposed to this fluctuation or extremes variation in temperatures. If there's cycles of warming and then followed by cold temperatures, again, below 24 degrees, yeah, we could lose our stand. While the winter has been relatively easy on cattle, NDSU Extension Veterinarian and Livestock Stewardship Specialist Dr. Jerry Staka says it's important to improve body conditions before, before cows have, have to feed a calf. We kind of shoot for body condition score five, which is you can't see the ribs and you don't really see the, the spine sticking up. You can look at cows and from the front and they got, look like they got big bellies, but if the ribs are showing and the, and the spines are showing, they're too thin. And you need to get those cows in better condition because once they calve and start milking, then it's a little bit harder to build back condition. And one of the things that happened to us last year was when they're trying to put on weight and feed themselves and feed the calf, the last thing they're going to do is rebreed. So for those that are calving now, it's a little late, but for those that are calving later, got some thin cows, maybe you sort them off and feed them separately because they need that condition score in order to be able to produce a a calf again for next year. And that's a look at weather. This Week in Agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. It truly pays to be a member of Ag Country Farm Credit Services. For the fifth year in a row, Ag Country is paying a 1% patronage dividend on all eligible business for 2023. The co-op is also making a special second payment of a half percent. Together, Ag Country members will receive a record $125 million. That's the power of the co-op. Ag Country, focused on ag, focused on you. Ag Country is an equal opportunity lender. Commodity Classic is the big event of the year, bringing together soybean, corn, wheat, and sorghum growers. This is farm broadcaster Don Wick. Stay with the Red River Farm Network for coverage from Commodity Classic. Our special reports brought to you by the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council, Minnesota Soybean Growers Association, Ag Country Farm Credit Services, and Truterra. Look for coverage on air and online direct from Houston and Commodity Classic.